Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Time now for the song that changed my life, where we invite musicians to tell us the story behind the song that changed their life. This week, our guest is Rostam. Rostam is a singer and songwriter. He got his start as a member of the band Vampire Weekend. He produced that group's first three records, including some of their biggest hits. Rostam left the band in 2016, not just to go solo, but to change things up and diversify his work. He collaborated on a record with Hamilton Lighthouser of The Walkmen in 2016, followed that up with his first solo record, and produced the acclaimed Heim record, Women in Music Part 3. This summer, Rostam released his second solo album, Changeophobia, is a laid-back romantic pop record. When we asked Rostam about the song that changed his life, he picked a Paul Simon song. It's called The Coast. The Coast is a track from Rhythm of the Saints, which Simon released a few years after Graceland. A lot of critics consider Graceland to be Simon's masterpiece, but as Rostam tells it, The Coast is a much more rewarding listen. Okay, here we go. Rostam on the song that changed his life. Hi, I'm Rostam, and this is the song that changed my life. The first time I heard this song, I must have been eight years old. It was 1991, and this was one of the CDs that my parents would play in our kitchen, in our living room. I would even hear it sometimes in assembly in middle school. So it was something that was both in my house and kind of in my school. My parents would play music pretty obsessively and it would often go into these heavy rotations where one album was just always on in the kitchen. And the kitchen was where my mom would be testing recipes. My mom's a cookbook author, so she would always be testing recipes and always trying to improve her recipes, whether they were in print yet or not. This was one of those albums that was always playing in the kitchen. Um, Another one was the Yo-Yo Ma Bobby McFerrin collaborative album. Another one I can remember is the Big Night soundtrack. Big Night, the Stanley Tucci movie. 
mixed up Sigiliano. All you Calabrese do the mumbo like a crazy with a But between those three albums was probably most of the music that I heard as a child. When I listen to Rhythm of the Saints, I'm reminded of being in my living room in DC where I grew up. My dad had these two Kef speakers that were about 10 feet apart from each other. And I just remember experiencing a feeling like I was inside the music. And I feel like this album, Rhythm of the Saints, in a way that's very special and unique, it captures the sound of people playing music together in a room. And it captures the energy of that and the vibe and probably most especially the groove of people playing together, lots of people playing together. And that's worth some when you think about it, that is worth some money. That's worth some when you think about it, that is worth some money. A trip to the market, a trip into the pearl gray morning sunlight that settles over Washington. A trip to the market. As a kid growing up in DC, Whenever I heard that lyric, the pearl gray light that settles over Washington, I I really did think he was singing about DC and I never thought it was Washington State. For me, it, it, it was always this interesting connection that was connecting this specific Paul Simon song back to where I grew up. And I think now as somebody who hasn't you know, I'm 37 and I haven't lived in D.C. since I was 18 years old. Whenever I listen to this song, I think back to my childhood and I think back to D.C. And I think there is a very specific light in D.C. Um, and I, you know, I think Pearl Gray is maybe, maybe the exact combination of words to describe the light in Washington, D.C. In 2008, Vampire Weekend played Saturday Night Live for the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, Vampire Weekend. And I remember looking at our drummer, Chris Thompson, and he pointed up to the rafters uh, where the audience sits at SNL. And there was a guy in a baseball hat and he looked sort of familiar, but I couldn't tell who that person was. But Chris started mouthing <laughs> the name Paul Simon. And uh, pretty soon I realized that he was right. And it was Paul Simon. In about an hour's time, we had finished our rehearsal. We were eating dinner before the show and Paul Simon was sitting at our table with us. And I remember <laughs> asking him about Rhythm of the Saints, but really telling him how much I loved that album. And I, I think it, you know, his response was sort of about <laughs> how it, it was a difficult album for people to get into. And I, th I think he also felt like some of the, the things that were happening rhythmically on the album were maybe too complex 
that a lot of people couldn't really digest the rhythms. But Paul, I remember Paul Simon also said something about the critics. He said something like, you know, the first hit is free, like they're drug dealers. <laughs> This is a moment that's just drums. And I love I love that about this song. I love any song that's not afraid to break down to just drums. I think that's something that is maybe one of the things that I do a lot as a producer in my own music and music that I make with others is I love to hear drums just grooving for a while. To me, there is something about what's going on musically on this album, Rhythm of the Saints, that it does represent like so much of what I'm interested in, in music. The way that the guitar and the bass interlock, the way that the drums, even if you just listen to the drums and tune out everything else, the drums are constantly speaking to each other, the left channel to the right channel and back again. There's a lot of interaction and there's this creation of a wide space where you know, you're really using the left and the right speaker to create an immersive experience. And the more that I work as a producer, the more that I learn about how that space can really alter your perception of the music being alive. Uh, it's something that I, you know, since the first record I ever made when I was 22, it was in my mind. Uh, it was in the back of my mind. I understood how powerful it was to pan things to the left and to the right and have them interact with one another. This album is an, is an example of an album that's doing it. It is a live recording. It doesn't sound like a multi-track recording. It sounds like the people are playing the music together and what you hear is a function of their collaboration. Rhythm of the Saints was definitely, it was an album that I had had on my computer and had revisited at different times. But around 22, I did kind of rediscover it again. And I remember when we had started recording Cape Cod Quasa Quasa, it was originally just, you know, the rock drums, guitar, bass, organ. And I took it down to my friend, Jeff Curtin. And Jeff had a hand drum and he had a bunch of shakers. And I had a few ideas for what he could do. And uh, I asked Jeff to play hand drums on Cape Cod Quasa Quasa. And then I think it was a little controversial when I bounced down the first mix of Cape Cod Quasa Quasa and the hand drums were like about 10 dB louder than the rock drums.
think a lot of my sense of rhythm was informed by this album. And The Coast is an example of probably like one of my favorite grooves. We are standing in the sunlight, in the early morning sunlight on the harbor church of St. Cecilia. I think this song is about traveling. I think it's about traveling and it's maybe about leaving your mistakes behind you. And maybe that's the injured coast that he's singing about is our past and the things that we might regret having done. I love the riff that Paul Simon sings on that line, leaving the shadow of the valley behind me now. That lyric has never appeared in the song before, and it's coming at this incredibly important moment where he introduces a new lyric and a new melody. And it's those kind of moments in songs that I feel like are what I'm always searching for when I'm when I'm working on music. I want it to feel like a complete thought. and. I think it can't just be one thing. It can't just be new lyrics. It can't just be a, a new melody with old lyrics. It's got to be those two things happening together at the same time and in the right moment. And I think that line, leaving the shadow of the valley behind me now, that's an example of that perfect moment where a song really lets you know that it is a complete thought and it's telling you a whole story. So leaving the shadow of the valley behind me now is saying I'm letting go of these mistakes that I made. I don't know. That's one interpretation. Who knows? Who knows what it's about exactly? Rasta. You just heard him telling us about the song that changed his life, The Coast by Paul Simon. Rostam's new album is called Changeophobia. You can stream it or buy it at your local record store. Let's go out on one more track from that album. This one's called Forerunner. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Here at my house, I bought a mango tree at the farmer's market, and I just planted it in my backyard, and uh, we'll see how mangoes grow in my backyard, I guess. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producer, Jesus Ambrosio. Production fellows at Maximum Fun are Richard Roby and Valerie Moffat. We also get help from Casey O'Brien. Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is by The Go Team. Thanks to them and their label Memphis Industries for sharing it. They've got a great new record out that you should check out. 
You can also keep up with our show on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post our interviews in all of those places. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. NPR.